Um, Amr of Yasef. So on 73A and 73A, like uh, six lines down, seven lines down. Amr of Yasef. I did not hear this shmaitza, right? So once again, this is Rav Yasef who, who had you know, lost his, his memory, right? Poor Rav Yasef, who was originally referred to as Sinai, because he remembered everything, had lost his memory. He says, I don't, I don't remember hearing this. What is he referring to? Because the previous Gemara had said that Rav is of the opinion that the place in which you eat your bread, that is what causes the, the definition of where you are considered to be a resident of Rashad. Amalei Abaya. So Abaya says, At Amrit Nihilan, you told us this. And it was on this that you said it. There were brothers who were eating on their father's table. But they're sleeping in their own houses. They need to have an Erev for each. Uh, each one of them has to chip into an Erev that is going in the the greater courtyard that they all are um, abutting to that greater courtyard. And we said to you, it seems from here that they're considered to be separate residents. Why are they considered separate residents? Because we go after the place where they sleep and not the place where they eat. And you said about this, when do we say, when do we say that they are all considered to be separate residents? When they actually don't eat at the same table but they get the food from the father's house, but then they go eat it in their own house. We learned in Rabbi There's someone who has five wives. There's someone actually told me yesterday, he's very excited about tonight's talk because it talks about a man with five wives. Um, I don't think it's that exciting to have five wives. So his five wives, and each, each of these five wives, they don't eat at the same dinner table, right? But they come to the, to the husband and they get their uh, allowance, right? Their daily uh, food allowance. Or you have five servants who each are getting their daily food allowance from their master. says, you know what? For women, even if there was no um, Erev done together, they're allowed to go into the courtyard, right? Why? It's very simple. When it comes to a wife and a husband, even if the wife has her own house, right? Her husband's house is always considered more connected to her. But when it comes to a servant who has his own servant dwelling place, the servant dwelling place is not as connected to the master's dwelling place. So even if the wife eats her meals elsewhere, her main, sorry, eats her meals elsewhere and really sleeps elsewhere, but her main dwelling place is really in her husband's house. If there wasn't five wives, then of course this wife would be living in her husband's house. So long as there's five wives, they need to live separately. Parenthetically, the reason why Chaim Darbenu Gershom came into place, bidding having more than one wife, it's because people were marrying more than one wife and were not able to afford to support all of them. So that's why they put that into place. Okay. does the opposite. He says it is permitted when they are servants, but it is not permitted when they are wives. When they are wives, they need to have separate eruvin, but when it is servants, they do not. Amar Rav, Rav says, What's the reason for Rehudim Baba? Because it says in the Pasek, this is a Pasek in Daniel, that Daniel, Betara Malka, that Daniel was at the gate of the king, right? Now, over there, the story goes like this. The story is, we're not referring to when Daniel is actually sitting at the gate of the king, right? Important to know, by the way, another parenthetical point, that's a very important point. In ancient times, the gate of the king was where the, um, was where the court used to sit, actually, right? So at the gate of the king or at the gate of the city. So sitting at the gate of the king was not like just, you know, the beggars, the vagabonds sitting outside of the king's court. 
No, this was actually a, a very distinguished place to be sitting. So we say Daniel is in the gate of the king. We, we say he's in the gate of the king. Even when he's not actually in the gate of the king, we still always look at him. He's at the gate of the king, right? So what does this mean? This means that a, a servant is always considered to be at the beck and call of its master. A servant, yes. A wife, not so much. That's why Rehuda Mababa says a wife is not as connected to the master, uh, to her, sorry, to her husband. That was not Freudian. But a servant is more connected to his master. It's obvious that you talk about a son in connection to his father is going to be like our Mishnah stated. A woman with her husband. A Eved Eitzel. Lost the place. Um, Eved Eitzel um, uh, Rabbi and a servant with his master one-on-one. That is a dispute between Rehuda Mambasera and Rehuda Mambaba. Talmud Eitzel Rabbi Mai. Let's say you have a servant who is not, uh, not a servant, I'm sorry, a student with his master. What's the halacha? You have a student with his master where the, the student is getting what we call a, a stipend, right? Or, you know, in, in Israel today, what they call this is a chalukah, right? So they get the chalukah, they get a little bit of money, a little bit of food from their master, um, and, but they're not sleeping together in the same house. What's the halacha? Do they have to chip in separately or not for the Erev? Tashma, the Rav be Revchia Amar. So comments here, what did Rav say in the Besmedrash of Revchia? What did he say? We do not need to make an Erev. Rav learned by Revchia, and Rav said we don't need to make a separate Erev. Sharei Anu, because we are, we are supported, we eat by the table of Revchia, therefore we don't make a separate Erev. Revchia be, Revchia be, oh man, what's going on? Program. Rebchia be Rabbi Amar. Rebchia, the son of, of not Rebchia, Rebchia, um, when he was in the, the yeshiva of Rebbe, right? So to, to know a little bit of the history over here. So Rebbe is the one of the final Amarayim, and Rebchia was a student of Rebbe's. And Rebchia also had a collection of, um, Rebchia had a collection of Mishnai, not Mishnayas, but Brisas, right? So Mishnaic rulings that he collected in a Brisa. And then we have, um, and then, and then we have um, Rav, who is a student of Rabbi Chia. So Rabbi Chia says that when I was by Rabbi, we do not make an Erev. Why? Because we are Seimchen al because we all are supported by the table of Rabbi, therefore we don't make a separate Erev. Abaye Rabba. five people who collected an Erev, right? They're five members of the same courtyard, they collected an Erev. When they transfer their Erev to another place. In other words, they, they have like this. You have five residents in one courtyard and they put together an Erev already. Now, they then decide that they want to make their Erev not just for this own courtyard. They want to be able to carry in the next courtyard over. So what do they do? They go over to the next courtyard and they say, hey, let's take our Erev and put it in your courtyard together with your Erev. And then we'll all be joint residents. Erev Do they now have to make an own separate one, right? Or is it enough? For the first one to be is the first one that they already collected enough. Amr Kulin says that one Erev collection from one of them is enough for all of them. However, brothers, right? We said Allah is that if you have brothers and father living in a courtyard, it's only them, nobody else in this courtyard, they don't have to make an Erev at all. But yet, if they want to then go make an Erev together with others, then you do have to make an Erev, you have to collect from each one of them. So not having to make an error in the first place, the Gemara thinks should be analogous to having made an error already. And yet we see that the brothers who do not have to make an error if it's just them, do have to make an error if they want to join in together with others, right? So 
So too, the halacha should be that if you already made an Erev together in one courtyard and then you want to join it together with another courtyard, each of you individually have to contribute. Cases like this. There were other people living within, with you in that courtyard already. So basically like this. The, the cases that there, were, there was a courtyard in which there were a father and sons and other people too. So other people in that same courtyard. So already the brothers are going to have to contribute because since there's other individuals living in that courtyard, they all have to contribute to carry in that courtyard alone. Since they already have to contribute to carry in that courtyard alone, if they then move into another courtyard, excuse me, then they're going to have to contribute too. This makes sense as well. Big tani, because we learned. When is this true? This is true when they're carrying their Erev into another place. But if they, the Erev that they're trying to now have, let's go back to the case again. You have five people living in one courtyard and they have an Erev there. And then they want to join together with another courtyard Erev, right? So if their Erev is going to remain in their courtyard where, where it was originally, they don't have to re-chip in at all. Or there's nobody else living with them in the chatzar. Then they don't have to make an You see from here that it is all about whether or not you need to make an Erev at all. Then you need to make an Erev from each individual has to chip in. If you don't really need to make an Erev, then you do not need each individual to chip in. You have the, the yeshiva students who are eating their bread ba'aga in the uh, you know in the countryside. But asu ubaisi the bay rav, and then they end up sleeping at night in the bay rav in the bismajrish. When they're trying to figure out where their shabbos chum starts, right? Where do we measure it from? Do we start from the bismajrish or do we start from the countryside? Amar rav. Says we measure it from the Beirav, from the Bismarck. But you have a case of where someone has put his Eruv within 2,000 Amas of the city. Now we're talking about the Eruv Tchumen, right? You always got to keep track. Are we talking about Eruv Tchumen? We're talking about Eruv um, Now we're talking about Eruv Tchumen. So you have an individual who put his Eruv Tchumen within 2,000 Amas of the city. And then he goes and he sleeps in the, the, um, in the house, after he already put his food somewhere else. Where do you count his tchum from? From where his food was put down. Not from where his, not from where he sleeps. So why is it that when it comes to these students, we said that you base your Shabbos tchum from where they're sleeping at night? Mara answers, Bahu, in this case, Anan Sahadi, right, not, but, I'm sorry, Bahu, in the, in the case of where he put his Erev somewhere else. Anan Sahadi, it is clear to us, Ubahada Anan Sahadi. And over here, it's also clear to us. What do we mean? In the case where an individual is sleeping at home and he put an air of 2,000 amas away, then it's clear to us, if he was able to sleep where he put his air, if he would rather sleep where he put his air. However, when it comes to yeshiva students, if somebody would offer to feed them in the base medrash, of course, they would much prefer it. And that's why the Shabbos measurements is going to start from the Ismajrish and not from where they actually eat their food in the court, in the um, town. This is literally the um, what we call it. We call this the Gemara of um, tegin right? So, so S and Teg is basically the, the principle was that in, in Europe, the yeshiva students were very, very poor and the township were very, very poor. So what they would do is the yeshiva students would have a rotation. 
they would get to eat uh, one meal each week by this family, one meal each week by a different family, and that's where they would eat their meals. So they didn't eat their meals in yeshiva. They would go out to somebody else and they would eat the meal, you know, get whatever leftovers they had. Um, that was one of the famous, um, yeah, not in order, um, one of the famous things that Rabbi, Rabbi Meir Shapiro in Yeshiva's Chachmei uh, Lublin, that's part of what he did. One of his, uh, you know, complete uh, innovations was that he had a dining room that the Bachram were going to eat food in the base measure. So this is what's true. Bachram would rather eat food where they sleep, but they didn't have a choice. They had to go out. Over there, he would rather sleep where he put his Erev. He just doesn't have a place to sleep there. It's just where his food is, not a place to sleep. A father and a son, a um, a master and his student. Are they considered to be a, a group of people or are they considered to be individuals? So, um, therefore, do they have to make an Erev together or not? If they have an alleyway, right? Is it going to be enough to have a, um, let's say you have like this. In general, we said it's about an alleyway. You guys remember a while ago we said that the halacha is that if you have an alleyway, uh, you only if you have two courtyards opening up into the alleyway can you have the leniency of closing up the fourth side with either a lechi or a kaira, right? So either the, the, um, the cross beam or the side post, right? Only if two alleyways, only if you have two chatseris opening up and the two courtyards opening up. Now let's say what you have is like this. You have a father and a son who are in courtyards on opposite sides of an alleyway. Is that considered to be two courtyards opening up into an alleyway and therefore a lechi or kaira will be sufficient or not? Amalei, so he says to him, Tanisua, I'll bring you a, a proof. Avu b'nai harab you have a father and a son, you have a, 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 a teacher and his student. And if there are no other people dwelling together with him, they're considered to be one individual, basically. They don't have to make an error. However, even so, the mavoi is going to be permitted with a lechi or a kaira, even though you might have thought that it's not considered to be separate enough. If it's not separate enough to need an eru, right, because it's not so public, then maybe it's not even separate enough to be considered two separate courtyards, in which case you're not going to have a, um, not going to get uh, the, the leniency of putting up a lechi or kaira. The answer is you do. Numishna. Five chatseris that are open up into each other, and they also have opening into the courtyard, right? Into the alleyway, right? So you have five courtyards, one on top of the other, and there's five doorways from one to the next. And there's also doorways, each one has two doorways essentially, right? Let's say you made an Arab in the chatseris, right? But you did not make a sheet of mavais, right? So what did we say two days ago? Arab chatseris is when they all chip in to have a joint ownership in the courtyard. Sheet of Mavois is when they all chip in to have a joint ownership in the alleyway. So you did the Erev and the Chatz, so you did not do the Sheet of in the Mavois. You are permitted to go in the in the courtyard, but you are forbidden to go into the Mavois, right? Because the Erev is not going to cover the purposes of the Mavois. It's only going to cover the Erev. The Mavois could cover the, the Erev, but the Erev cannot cover, cover the Mavois. Um, turning the page. In the shtatu b'mavoi, however, they made a sheet up in the mavoi. Mutar and kan b'kan, then they're permitted to go in both. Erev b'chatzeres in the shtatu b'mavoi. Let's say they made an erev in chatzeres and they made a sheet up in the mavoi. The shachachachem ibn chatzer, and one of the members of the chatzer forgot the loy erev. He did not join into their erev. Mutar and kan b'kan, they're still able to go both places. Well, I guess we'll see why this is so. Oh, that's why. Because the sheet of mavoi is going to cover, but we'll see in the gemara. Um, 
Let's say to Bnei Mavoy, somebody forgot to contribute to the Shittuf of the Mavoy. Then he's permitted to go into the Chatser, but he's still forbidden to go into the alleyway because he forgot to chip in for the Shittuf When you talk about the nature of the relationship between an alleyway and a courtyard, it's similar to the relationship of a house to a courtyard, right? So the the um, the when you look at a courtyard vis-a-vis an alleyway, the courtyard is considered private and the alleyway is considered public. When you look at a courtyard vis-a-vis the houses, the, the houses are considered private and the, and the courtyard is considered public. So that's why you can have a situation where if you did not, if you weren't mishtatif in the mavoy, you're still allowed to carry in the chatzar, you're just not allowed to carry in the mavoy. But if you were not mishtatif in the chatzar, then you're not allowed to carry in either. Okay. Mani, who's the author of our Mishnah? Remeir, he, this must be Remeir. The Amar, because he says, He says you need both, right? And we really learned this already previously, the Gemara mentioned this. So what do you do with the middle part of the Mishnah? But if you made a sheet of Mavoyas, then you're permitted to carry in the Mavoy and permitted to carry in the Chatzar. This is going according to Rabbanan. The Amri, Bechada, Sagi. Who say that with even one is already enough. This is not a question. Um, it says that if you are Mishtatif, right? Um, right? So it says, if you are Mishtatif, in other words, that you have to do both, right? So what do you do with the last last statement of the Mishnah? It says you if you made an air of Chatseris and you made a sheet of in the Mavoy. And one of the members of the courtyard forgot the late year if he did not make an air with them. Mutaram kan bekan is permitted in both places. Hechidami, what's the case? If the person who did not chip in for the Erev and he did not renounce his rights, amai mutaram, then why are they permitted? We know, we've been learning this over the last uh, 10 blocks. We've been learning about the idea that if somebody forgot to join in with the Erev, if he does not nullify his rights, does not renounce his rights, then everybody else is forbidden. So why are we saying that they're permitted if he didn't nullify his rights? It must be, El Shita must be, the obvious. The Batal, he did give up his rights. What do you do with the, the second, the, the, I'm sorry, the last part of the Mishnah? One of the members of the courtyard forgot and he did not join in with the sheet of Mavoy. He's permitted to carry in the um, courtyard and the, in the alley, in the courtyard, but he's forbidden in the alleyway. But if he renounced his rights, why are they forbidden to carry in the Mavoy? He renounced his rights. Maybe what you'll say is, Renounce your rights into a mavoy. Bahatanya, we learned in a raisa. That you could bitl, you could give up your rights, because we see that the Tzaduki gave up his rights. This is the opinion of Remer. Rather, it is obvious, the loy It's obvious that he never gave up his rights. And that's why not giving up his rights is going to forbid. We need to say for the loy since the last case is coming out where he did not give up his rights. Well, then the first case should also be where he didn't give up his rights. Right? So Reish have a safer Remeir Metzias Rabbanan. So you have to say like this: the the middle clause, the middle case is going according to the Chachamim who say you need one or the other, not both. But the first case and the last case is going according to Remeir say you need both. Kula Remeir. He so rather then you have to say the entire Mishnah is indeed Remeir. So what do you do with the middle case? The time of my Amar Remeir. So why did Remeir say that you need both? Shaleida Shakeach Inan Eir Be Inan Shita. Shaleida Shakeach Teres Eir Benetuneka. So that you should not forget. The law of Erevin, the children should not forget the law of the Erevin. Over here, since most people did join into the Erev, we're not concerned. Someone actually emailed me today. What do we do today 
that so that the children won't forget. We don't really have alleyways and courtyards anymore, and we don't make both of these. We only make a sheet of mavoyas technically, right? So what do you do so that the children won't forget? So actually, there are places where they do things. Famously, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, uh, once a year, they actually take the Erev down. Once a year, they have a Shabbos with no Erev at all. So that nobody will ever forget that you need to have an Erev. What does the Gemara mean that the children won't forget? This was like this. Children grow up, they might never even learn that there's a law that you're not allowed to carry without an Erev. They just always grow up carrying. And one day, they'll go to another place that does not have an Erev, and they'll carry without knowing you're not allowed. Or you have a place like this. In, in Israel, in Jerusalem, there's an Erev around the city. Right? Some people carry it, some people don't, like, like most Erevin. Um, one year, I remember recently, there was snowed a lot and the Erev was down. And people like David, like talk about old Yerushalmis, I don't, like kids, they didn't know what Erev down, never heard of such a thing as an Erev. And they were carrying without an Erev, right? So that's indeed, the concept should, we should still be doing something about it, you know? And that's what they do in Elizabeth, the Rabbi Tites, who made the Erev many, many years ago. That was the official once a year was called Shabbos Erev. They would take the Erev down. They would talk about the laws of Erev. And it's an important thing to remember. When he taught this mission, he did not teach that the Erev are open one to each other, that the courtyards are open one to each other. And so to Rav Kahana Amar Rav said, did not teach that the one is open to the other. There are others who say, Khan himself did not teach that they're open one to the other. My time Why doesn't he teach? Um, what, what's the reason of the one who does not teach that they're open one to each other? He believes any sheet of that is not uh, does not go in and out through the through the doorways of one of one um um does not go from like one courtyard into the alleyway, one courtyard into the alleyway, one courtyard into the alleyway, but rather goes through the courtyards one to the other, right? Um, that's not called a shita, right? To be called a shita, it has to be that the, the joint ownership is being defined by their going in and out of the alleyway, not being defined by the fact that they use their, uh, their courtyard doorways to each other. You want to ask a question. Who is a partner with his neighbors. This one with wine, that one with wine, does not make an ear. That's talking about where he went in and out, right? So so what do we see? We see that he didn't just, he didn't. I made a shutaf with my courtyard neighbor, but I didn't just bring it from my area to his area. I went out into the alleyway. If you don't go out into the alleyway, it's not sufficient. Then you can't really be called a shita. But if you go out into the alleyway, it works. That's also a case where he went out into the alleyway. How do you make a sheet of in a mavay? Hasunami, the afkevaile. You have to say it's also to a case where you brought it in and brought it out. Maskabla Rabba Barchanan. Rabbachanan asks, Elamiata, Hiknale Paspasale. If someone gave up his uh relinquished the rights to a um to the bread in a basket, Hakinami delay of a sheet of is that to say that it's not going to be a good sheet of? Right, maybe you'll say indeed it's not a good sheet of to give up the rights to the bread in a basket. And they're, they're sitting and they're hanging out together. And what happens? Shabbos becomes while they're, they're sitting at the table and they never had a chance to actually go around and collect the food from each individual. They're allowed to say the bread that's on our table, that we're in the middle of eating a delicious meal and we have bread on the table, that bread that we're eating, that becomes our Eruv. And other people say that it even works for Shittah. 
When do we say that it works? We say that it works as a shituf when they're actually eating in a courtyard. But when they're eating in a house, then, then it does not work as a... Um, I'm sorry, when they're, eat, when they're eating in a courtyard, the bread on the table can only work for shituf. It cannot work for eruv. Why? Because an eruv has to be placed in a house. I don't think we did this yet. But a shituf can even be placed in a courtyard. So if they're sitting and eating their meal and lounging in a courtyard, it can work as the shito, right? But it cannot work as the Arab. And okay. So Ella, time of the Rav. So whether what's the reason for Rav, right? The why did Rav not want to say that the doorway is open up one to the other? It really could still have worked even the doorways open up one to the other. Because he believes ain't An alleyway does not become permitted with a lechi or a kera, with um, uh, a side post or a crossbeam. Unless the houses and the courtyards are opening up into the mobile. Gufa, Abba Rav. So let's let's analyze this a little deeper. We'll go a tiny bit further. Rav says like this: Ein mavinita belachi kaira. An alleyway cannot become permitted with a um, a lechi or a kaira, with um, you know the the side post or a um, or a crossbeam. Actually, Unless you have doorways, unless you have courtyards, and um, you have um, sorry, you have houses and courtyards. So two houses opening up into two courtyards. In other words, four houses and, and two courtyards total opening up into the Mavoy. Then you could have a sheet of Mavoyas and I'm sorry, not sheet of Mavoyas, but a Lechi and a Kaira to permit you to carry in it. Shmuel, Shmuel says, Shmuel says, even if you have one house and one courtyard, that's already enough. You don't need to have two, two houses and into two courtyards. says, even if you have no houses, you just have a, an abandoned house opening up into the alleyway, that's still going to be sufficient to allow you to per permit to carry in that alleyway if you have the fourth side closed with a crossbeam or a um, or a side post. Did say this even in a shvil shal kramim? Shvil is a pathway in a in a vineyard that even over there it, it's already okay to close it up. Does there have to be at least a chor where they used to be a dwelling place, or even if it's mamish nothing, just a field through through uh, through um, a field. Uh, I'm sorry, a path through 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 vineyards, and that's already sufficient. Amalei, so, so he says, Rabbi Yechonan said, only by a chorva, only by an abandoned house, the chazi the that's possible to actually have dwellings there. But but where it's a shil shal kramim, where it, it is not able to have any dwelling at all, right, because there's no house here at all, not, not even a broken down house, the, even, there even Rabbi Yechonan would agree that it is not, going to be sufficient to close it up the fourth wall of the Mavoy with either a Lachir or Kairi, you're going to have to close it up with a actual 